Here at Aliens Explored, we enjoy engaging with our audience, and this week we will be discussing a question raised by Michelle. Michelle has opened a whole can of worms by asking us if we think that extraterrestrials might be time travellers. Join us on Aliens Explored as we explore the many facets of interdimensional travel. This episode is dedicated to our Explorer of the Week, Israel, who supports our podcast through our Patreon. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash aliens explored and find a tier that is right for you. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Welcome back, listeners, to Aliens Explored, your weekly podcast where we look at all things UFO, UAP, E.T., E.B.E., um, everything else kind of to do with ufology, really. Um, I am one of your hosts, Stu Jackson. And I'm your other host, Neil Kelly, and I don't know what half those things are. What's, <laughs> what's an E.B.E.? E.B.E., extra bi- uh, uh, no, extraterrestrial biological entity, or extra biological, oh, no. Uh, Ex- it must yeah, be. yeah. Okay. Extraterrestrial biological entity. So the, the initials BE in Britain usually stand for British Empire, Order of the British <laughs> Empire, Commander of the British Empire, Member of the British Empire, some, some kind of meaning. Extraterrestrial of the British Empire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and, uh, <laughs> mentioning the British Empire, of course, we've got a king now. Um, we have. We have got a king. That's just happened. Yes. There we go. And, and we are in a state of national mourning, so we shouldn't be sounding so cheerful, but yes. <laughs> we are in a state of enforced mourning. The the Life tier goes on. The the tier police will be coming around soon to make sure we shed the requisite number of tears. <laughs> yeah. You literally can't turn on the TV at the moment to and get away from it. No. Um but Hey ho! Um, we had a very nice comment on our on our Discord on our Patreon Discord server, actually mm. from uh, uh, from our friend Israel, um, saying condolences to those in the UK Commonwealth on the passing of Queen Elizabeth. I'm certain there is a range of sentiment on the matter. Oh, you'd better believe that. Um, <laughs> Quite a range, yes. But that it represents the end of an era is putting it mildly, it says Israel. And that's that's a nice, do you know what, that's a nice sentiment. And yeah, mm. I think 
without because I don't want us to get too far into this because you and I, Neil, we have some strong opinions, as I'm sure many people. Well, we know. have the kinds of opinions that people are currently getting arrested for displaying yeah. publicly. So you know, yes. Um, but do you know what? Yeah, end of an era. I think that's a that's a valid comment, and mm. it's hard to argue with that one, isn't it? I would have thought, you know, our, our energy bills quadrupling was was more would be felt more by people than than yeah, a change I'd, of face in the past. I'd have thought four hundred people a week still dying of COVID um, would have been more newsworthy, but yeah. it mm. is what it is. Uh, and let's draw a line very quickly under there because yes. that's not what we're here to talk about at no. all. We're, we're Although, here to talk about something other than the death of the Queen. There, which, yeah, there is actually very quickly there is a a, a related co- um, thing to ufology because many people theorise that the royal family are in fact aliens, reptilian aliens. In disguise. Mm. Maybe that's something we'll cover on a future episode. Perhaps this isn't the right moment. Maybe we should do an episode around uh, John Carpenter's They Live movie, but suggesting that all all the higher-ups, the oligarchs and politicians are are actually alien invaders, and uh, they're subjugating us secretly. Um, Yeah. I know you mentioned this that movie many many times on the episode, and you've got me to watch it, and yeah, it's a Mm. good movie. Um, Definitely one we can recommend for our our listeners. Um, speaking of our listeners, now this was a long, long time ago, so apologies for us only just getting round to doing this. Um, but our listener Michelle, who who contacts us from time to time, uh, got in touch through Facebook and um, wanted us to speculate on whether or not UFOs could actually be time travelers. That's a good question, Michelle. I, I hope Michelle is still a listener. And sure she will get to hear our, our, our address in this question. It's a very good question. And um, I'm going to come down and say yes. They are? Yes, they are, time travellers. And because that, that kind of fits into my, my more general theory that explains everything paranormal and extraterrestrial, which is the which is addressing our own insubstantiality that we are we are made up of energy the world around us is energy vibrating at a certain frequency and time isn't linear time we experience it in a linear fashion cause and effect one thing follows another but according to professor stephen hawking that's not actually how it works and it is about interdimensional travel and you know i do believe if you see a ghost for instance it's because where you are the frequency has been disrupted. Like, like if you're on, on a long car journey and you've got an AM radio tuned, as you drive further away from the source of the radio, it'll start getting interfered with by other radio stations that are, that are nearby or coming into range. And that's where you get that, you're in a kind of haunted area where one, one, one frequency is being interrupted by another. And I think that, that's also largely an explanation for UFOs, that we, we not only see things that are in our past, like... Um, you know, an Edwardian or Victorian gentleman walking through a wall because that wall doesn't exist in his world, um, but also things from the future, which will be um, advanced advanced craft flying through our skies. Wow. So That's much my to general unpick theory. there. <laughs> That's my general theory. <laughs> so, so Michelle, yes, I'm saying yes. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, it, <laughs> <that's>, <clears throat> yeah, wow. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go from it. Um, 
<laughs> so I, I'm sure our friends uh, at Central Utah Paranormal uh, will have mm. some thoughts on what you say about ghosts. Um, that's quite interesting. Look forward, look forward to hearing your, your take on that, Ben. Definitely. And... Um, and what I'm most blown away by is when we started this podcast, of course, um, you're mm. coming at things from a very much a, look, there's got to be a terrestrial, logical, non-supernatural, non-paranormal explanation for, mm. for most things. Which for most I, things. Which I believe that is. Well, is it? Yeah. Some people would, what, what, what it sounds like you're saying is that there are definitely craft visiting the planet that uh, defy current understanding? Um, not necessarily visiting the planet, that they're actually living in their own dimension, but for some reason the frequency that of our reality has been disrupted, for instance, by a nuclear, by, by someone splitting an atom and, and setting off a nuclear explosion. Um, that disrupts the frequency, and that's when we start seeing things in other dimensions, and that's why you see lots of UFOs over a over a nuclear test site. I'm wondering if I've crossed over into another dimension where I'm supposed to be the skeptic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but 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 what what we Michelle is is suggesting is that there are there are beings in wonder who have learned how to travel between dimensions. My, um, my understanding of what will. Michelle was asking is is basically, are they human time travelers? Are they us from the future coming back rather than coming from another planet? I think if you have an, an infinite number of universes, multiverses, um, that kind of occupy what we understand as the same physical space, then there's ourselves, but there's also perhaps versions of us that have evolved in different ways, inhabiting other dimensions. Or, yeah, that they are in some kind of more advanced society where their bodies have actually changed to adapt to that society. I, I remember seeing a program many, many years ago. I was quite young um, mm. at the time, so, oh my gosh, I must be looking at, 35 plus years ago mm. um, but I do remember watching a program that that was basically predicting our evolution mm. as it is continuing at the moment as it's progressing at the moment so our for example our jaw is receding mm. um, our cranial size is enlarging our, our brains are getting bigger basically mm. as we go along um, our hair I mean <laughs> That you and I are quite evolved here, Bill, <laughs> yeah. because yeah. Uh, apparently we're, as human beings, we are losing the need for hair. Mm. Because, because we clothe ourselves, we live in structures, we don't need to be as hairy because we're not exposed to the elements. Uh, so it's all this kind of thing. Our physical strength is diminishing. Mm. Um, our legs are getting shorter. Our torsos are getting longer. Our arms are getting longer. And do you know what? They, they showed like this... Here's what we think we'll look like in you know mm. five hundred thousand years or mm. a million years or or whatever, and it looked very very much like the grey Tibalian. Yeah. Um. So I can certainly see but, that as but a that, potential. 
that could be a long I mean, at the moment, we're not really that much different from people a thousand or two thousand years ago. We're, you know, we, we still have, we're still capable of the same physical strength or building up even greater physical strength because we have, we understand our bodies better. We have gr- access to greater energy, protein. Um, yeah, that's why our athletes. Yes, uh, uh, that's why our athletes get faster and faster. You know that that someone, someone who might have been an Olympic champion in the nineteen twenties wouldn't even qualify for the Olympics now. Well, Roger Bannister instantly comes to mind, breaking the three-minute mile now. Four-minute, yeah. A four-minute mile. Yeah, even. Yeah. I, I do apologise. I mean, now that's not. It's it's not that big of a deal to do a well, four-minute mile. Yeah, I think now if if you can't do that, you wouldn't be entered for that race in the <laughs> yeah. Olympics. You know, you're not up to standard. But no, amateurs yeah. will, you know, will do that. So yeah. yes, um, I mean, but, also you know, there's the advances in like clothing and footwear and and mm. things like that all helps as well. But you're absolutely right. It's our our intellectual understanding of mm. what happens and foods and and all the rest of it um but yeah you look back to neanderthal man and mm. and had to be physically stronger because was doing much more physical work than we do you know yeah with exception to obviously some very physically demanding jobs perhaps mm. um yeah so I, I i can see the evolutionary thing happening so let's let's take Let's take the dimensional thing off the table mm. just for the purposes of this, because I think that can get possibly a little mm. bit um, in depth. Mm. I've been having a look at whether or not time travel is actually a possibility. Stephen Hawking said that it was. He said you could build a time machine, but you wouldn't be able to go back in time. You wouldn't be able to go back to a time before that machine was built. So if you built the machine 10 years from now, you'd be able to go back to when that machine was built. That's theoretically possible. And the application of that would be if we developed interstellar space travel, if you, if you, obviously if you went on a, say a, a, a one year space journey, mm-hmm. um, you would come back many years in the future because you've been traveling at the speed of light. I don't fully understand how that works, but the idea of this time machine is that you would actually be able to, if you went on a very long journey, several years, you would be able to come back and then go back in time so that the people who sent you on this journey would still be alive when you got back. Yes. So it's into Einstein's um, general theory of relativity, hmm. um, this. Uh, the closer you get to the speed of light, the slower time moves for you hmm. as the person traveling now do you know what I, and, and it's also related to gravity as well the further mm. you are from gravity the faster time moves for you now this right. actually has very very i was i was quite impressed to learn all this yeah. this has been proven so they they've obviously synchronized clocks as, mm. as an experiment put one on a high-speed plane sent it around the world in the same direction that the Earth orbits. Mm. When it landed again, the one that was in the plane was slightly behind the one that was left on the ground. Wow. So so that's a, a real thing. But this, do you know, we have, we have time travel applications with us on a daily basis. You use sat-nav, don't you, Neil? I do. Do you know they have to allow for time travel? 
Do they? They do. So because they're moving very, very fast around the world, mm. and it's about 14,000 kilometers an hour, these the mm. satellites. Not not the not not your sat nav, uh, although I've, I've seen how you drive. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, the satellites are moving at fourteen thousand kilometers an hour around. Just the to Earth. maintain this geostationary position. Just to maintain that position. On mm. top of that, um, they are so far removed. I think it's about nine thousand kilometers up. Right. Um, not hundred. No, sorry. Um, they're orbiting at twenty thousand kilometers above the surface. So wow. the fact that they're moving around slows down their internal clocks ever so slightly. Hmm. The fact that they're so far up speeds up their internal clocks, but by a slightly larger fraction of a second than it slowed down. Okay. So, so they have to, and, and all the maths is really complex, but part of their programming is to allow for that difference. Otherwise, your sat-nav, first of all, wouldn't know where it is mm. in relation to the Earth, and it would be telling you you were miles from home, but it wouldn't know where you are on the map either. It would be mm. out, and it, it would be out in terms of miles. Wow. You look at how precise that is. So the maths relating to Einstein's theory of relativity and time travel, we've, we have it in our phones because phones have GPS now. Mm. I'm saying that like it's a new thing, but yeah. <laughs> the, the most there complicated thing... So time travel's real. The, the most complicated thing I knew about... Um about the time relative speeds and things i know that in most cars that they were i'm not sure if they still are but they were um calibrated slightly high um speedometers or i think americans call them tachometers so that if your if your tachometer is showing 70 70 miles an hour you're probably only doing about 66 miles per hour yes so so that so that if you exceed the speed limit you know, if you if you get caught speeding in a seventy mile an hour limit, it, it, your 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 tacker was showing eighty miles an hour. You you were probably actually going much faster than that. So, but in, but of course, with with a sat nav, it has to show the ex- exact speed you're moving at. Otherwise, it would lose you. It's a massive variable. Your the speed of your car compared to your speedometer because mm. uh, it depends on how much tread you've got on your tire. Because if you've got brand new tyres on your car, hmm. uh, your speed will show as faster than what it actually is because your wheels are having to turn that bit more. And also, um, it, I mean, if, 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 it, if you're just looking at a flat map that's two-dimensional and it's showing how you're moving, um, if you're going up a steep hill or down a steep hill, it's going to show you actually moving very little distance on a, on a t- two-dimensional map, but you're actually travelling further because you're moving in, in a third dimension. Upwards or downwards? Yes, but a speedometer works on rotations of the wheel. So yes. it assumes that the wheel is a fixed size. Yeah. So going up or down a hill wouldn't make any difference. But to a satellite looking directly down, without allowing for that, yes, that would see but you it, as moving at a different speed. Yeah, it's showing. It seems you you look like you're moving slower on the map, but actually you're yeah. you're moving just there's just more road because you're you're travelling across a. A hypotenuse 
Um, here's here's an here's another idea about time, um, which I heard the other day. What if everything is what it seems? So, for You're instance, going to have to run that one past me a bit okay. more detail. We, we, we generally assume that everything is what it seems to us. It seems to us to be. But what if, for instance, suppose when you're travelling to work, that half an hour on the train seems to go by very quickly because you're not looking forward to your destination. When you're, when you're travelling home again and you're eager to get home, that half an hour seems to last much longer. But what uh, if that's because yes. it actually is much longer in some other way that we can't comprehend? Yes, the perception of time. Um, yeah. Versus the actuality of it, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know that Einstein said, he explained... He said, "If you if you spend um, an hour talking to a, a nice, I think he said a, a pretty girl or something, probably not um, not the best way to phrase it these days. He said, if you spend an hour chatting to a pretty girl, it can seem like a minute. If you spend a minute sitting on a hot oven, that can seem like an hour. So that's yeah. relativity." Yeah. Um, I yeah that that makes sense to me. Einstein certainly spent a lot of time talking to pretty girls. Uh, so he would <laughs> definitely yes, know he that. Um, okay, so bringing this back round, I mean, we've talked about some theory of relativity and and time travel in that is actually in existence. Of course, that's that's a long way away from being able to hop into a machine and pop to a different time. Mm. Um, and I get that, which is what we're talking about. But so, given that disparity. If indeed what we're perceiving as aliens, UFOs, UAPs, um, flying saucers, call them what you will, if they are humans from the future coming back, just how far into the future do we think they would be? Well, Simon Greer was talking in terms of tens or hundreds of thousands of years, wasn't he? These advanced Stephen, Stephen Greer. Stephen Greer. Did Stephen I say, Greer, what yeah. did I say? Simon. Simon, Dr. Stephen Greer, my apologies, Dr. Stephen, Dr. Stephen, <laughs> not, not your brother, Simon, uh, Dr. Stephen Greer said, um, yeah, yeah, possibly hundreds of thousands of, which, which is why I, I get sceptical when, when I hear that um, the US military have managed to shoot one down, you know, it will, it will be like, um, it'll be like a bunch of natives from somewhere in Micronesia jumping into their war canoes and taking down a Trident submarine or something, you know, um, yes, except, um, I mean, I, I would say it's not quite the same, I would say. I mean, our, our weaponry is pretty destructive. Mm. Uh, you know, we have armor-piercing bullets and shells and things like that. So. But I'm, I'm sure medieval people with their with their cannons and siege catapults thought their, their weaponry was pretty destructive because they had no concept of of what was possible. Well, yeah. Do you know what? Okay. Um, I would say, I would say rather than, you know, someone from Micronesia taking down mm. a Trident submarine with a catapult, I would say it's more like someone from medieval times taking out a car with a trebuchet. Um, now that's a bit more, okay. you can see that. that, that that's a <laughs> bit close. Yeah, you can see that. Um, yeah, there you go. It's moving it. It's moving in a dimension that they can relate to, and and I mean, it's difficult for them because the car can swerve, it can avoid it. But theoretically, you know, if if you fire enough trebuchets at a car, 
then mm. it's going to happen. Um, I mean, I yeah, okay. So Doctor Stephen Greer says tens of thousands. Mm. Um, I th- I think way further personally. When do you think, think how, this is the case? When you think how little we've evolved. I mean, when was when was Homo erectus? When was when were Neanderthals around? I mean, and and the I mean Neanderthals were hugely successful. They they didn't they didn't damage the ecology of our planet. They lived for they lived on it for a million years peacefully and in harmony with their environment. They weren't top of the food chain, um, and then suddenly globally. Um, we evolved into Homo sapiens oh, with much bigger we? brains, and we Were we seeded or, by another <laughs> species. Well, that, that's, that's that's the mystery, isn't it? Because even even when yeah you know, they discovered these lost tribes in Papua New Guinea or the depths of the Amazon, they're Homo sapiens. There's there are there are literally no mm. no Neanderthals left. I mean, maybe maybe you know a Bigfoot or the Yeti or. I mean, it's not quite the same as um, as the Galapagos, so, it's, so they're not completely isolated in that regard. Um, but I do get what you're saying there. But I'm, I think personally, I mean, you just said Neanderthal was around for million, you know, million years mm. or whatever, and then um, yeah, went I think pretty we are quickly, looking literally millions of years into the future. Yeah. Oh, or maybe a million, maybe a million and a half. Who knows? Mm. But I think you know, if we're looking at that level of both physical evolution and technological evolution. Um, you've also got to the concept that if they are, you know, we'd have to ask why these time travelers were coming back. And the only logical reason I can think of is for anthropological reasons, hmm. which would make them as far removed from us as as we are from single cell amoebas basically yeah but do you think i mean there seems to be this i mean uh, the 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 people who tend to deal with ufo's tend to be the military because they're concerned about protecting their airspace and of course the military have a particular mindset that they see everything as a threat because that's what they're that's, that's kind of their job you know to a man with a hammer yes. yeah to a man with a hammer everything looks like a nail um, to a man who's responsible for the air defence of the United States, um, anything that's in the air that he hasn't allowed to be in the air is a threat. Um, so, but there is kind of the assumption that that if if beings from another world, from a more advanced civilization, arrived here, they would behave in exactly the same way as Europeans behaved when they arrived in Africa and Asia and the Americas. That i.e. they'll wipe us out. They'll they'll enslave us. And if you watch They Live, um, <laughs> that's exactly what they've done in a more subtle way. They've done it by you know creating these corporations to no, make I'm, us make us into slaves. I'm going to dispute this. So there's there's this theory that um, that every civilization, every intelligent civilization, will reach a point of evolution where their ability to destroy themselves is greater than their their wisdom basically mm. um there, there's yeah. I, a lot I think of people there. And that's where yeah. we are at the moment yeah. and and i can definitely see that now for a species to evolve kind of way past where we are 
they would have to have gained a lot of wisdom and a lot of, you know, mm. to, to get through that, basically. Yeah. They'd have to be wise, compassionate, understanding, empathic, um, or empathetic, rather. Um, so, I don't know. I think if they're evolved enough technologically, let alone the physical evolution, but if they're evolved technologically enough, no, they, they'd know not to enslave. They'd know not to corrupt. and uh, Even Star Trek talks about the Prime Directive non-interference with mm. lesser developed species. Mm. You know, so even we, at our level of development, know that that's not the way to go. No, but, we're, but I suppose we we tend to project and we think, well, yeah, if we had that technology, if we could go to another planet where there were there were less advanced beings, yeah, of course we'd make them work for us. Well, we look at history, or, or, we, or we'd eat them. Um, yeah, we'd eat them. Yeah, well, that's what we do with lesser <laughs> beings on our own planet, don't we? That's what yeah. we do with cows and and rabbits and goats. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're not you're not yeah. wrong. Um so yeah, but but the idea that yeah, you've got some being that's that's evolved like millions of years ahead of us, no, I think they'd be way beyond that level. Way well maybe that. maybe they, they they come to worship us in the way that we worship our cats and obviously obey them and I think there's a big difference there um, in that cats are way more evolved than us. Yeah. Uh, yeah way, that. way superior beings. Far superior <laughs> beings. <laughs> <laughs> we like cats. How is Scaramanga? He's very well. He's sleeping on uh, sleeping on the bed in the main, in the main bedroom. Excellent. He's curled up there. So uh, Living yeah. the life of Riley. As cats yeah, li- living the life of Scaramanga, which is pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty good deal. I don't know how he got that job. I often asked him, but he's never told me. Yeah. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Now, there's one other thing I wanted us to. We've sort of almost skirted uh, alongside it, but if these beings are indeed from way, way, way off into the future. They've evolved mm. physically beyond us. They've evolved mentally beyond us. They've evolved probably emotionally way mm. beyond where we are. And, of course, technologically as well. Although <laughs> there are some th- theories that the technological and um, and mental are perhaps more intertwined than we might realize. Um, but that's a whole other subject. Mm. Uh, but how would they... What would they think of us right now? Um, what would they think of our society? I would imagine they'd, they'd be very concerned. You know, we, we are, if, if they cared about us, um, if they didn't care about us, they'd, they'd probably just be sat there saying, well, you've got to come and see this, it's all kicking off. Uh, but if they cared about us, they're probably thinking, "Oh my God, yeah, we've got a war in Europe. We've got a threatened war in China with China. Um, we've got people starving to death, people freezing to death, more refugees than there have ever been at any time in human history." Um, I imagine they're and 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 a small group. Of, I mean, one question that came up was if if we decided we're going to have an economic system that would enrich, that would make, that enable a few thousand people to live to have vast resources, have more money than they could spend in a hundred lifetimes or a thousand lifetimes, while 
the rest of the planet, billions of people starve and freeze and their their basic needs aren't met. And at the same time, we're going to destroy the ecology of our planet. If we decided to do that, what would we be doing differently to what we're doing now? (laughs) That's well, that's a a critique of, I guess, late stage capitalism, but is it late stage? You know, um, as as Frankie Boyle said, maybe maybe this isn't the end of anything. This is the you know, apart from it's the end of the good old days. This is the start of a whole new dystopia. Well, I'm go- I'm, I'm going to dispute the. Pre- I mean, I, I I agree with you on the capitalism, mm. of course. Um, but I'm I'm going to disagree with you that they would be concerned because if they've come from that far into the future. It works out. It must work out because they've made if they, it to that point. If they are us um, in the future, and they've come back basically for a history lesson to say, "Look, this is this is how close you, we came to not existing," or, or this is what it took for us to evolve. Yeah, this is what we had to get past in yeah. order to move on to the next stage, the age of Aquarius. I think they'd be curious about it and like, you know, well, how were people living? What was the thoughts of the everyday person while all this was going on around them, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, I think it would be, um, I think they'd be curious. I don't think, like you say, if they cared about, I don't think they would care about us as individuals because any more than you know if if you were to hop in a time machine and go back and see some surf struggling in a you know in, in a medieval um environment well i mean as a person with empathy you might feel something but i don't think you'd be oh god like oh I wonder if this is going to affect, like the way they're treating the serfs and that, the way they're treating the peasants. Is that gonna is that gonna stop the future? Well, no, because you've come from the future, so you know it doesn't. Mm. And maybe it depends on your mindset as well. I'm thinking, you know, for instance, if you watch a war film, there are there are some war films that people go and watch, and it will make them think, "Wow, that's great! I'm going to join the military." I mean, apparently, Top Gun. I mean, the, the American military was quite moribund, quite a moribund state after Vietnam. Mm. Um, but then in the mid-80s, this film Top Gun came out, which which boosted recruitment so much that apparently um, the military was setting up recruitment stands in cinemas. So you, <laughs> as, yeah. as, as the end credits are coming up, you could go and enlist. And um, yeah. of course, they've, they've made the sequel now, which is which. Well, the sequel was was it Days of Thunder or something? But they've made a sequel to Top Gun. Now the, which was, Days of Thunder was a different movie entirely. Yeah, but it, it was seen at the time as the sequel to to Top Gun. As you know, it's, was, it's the same thing, but with cars. Yeah, it's the same. So, it's so but now they made Top next Gun movie. Yeah, it's Tom Cruise's next movie. Oh, it's yeah. This is the sequel to Top Gun. It's just but then Tom Cruise. Same always, movie with cars. Always plays the same character. Except for Legend. Uh, except for Legend and Tropic Thunder, which was his best performance ever. Ah, I've not seen Tropic he, Thunder. Oh, he plays the up. studio he plays the studio head and I I didn't recognise him at first. Right. I didn't realise it was him. It's a That's it's sign, an astonishing sign performance. Of good acting. That is a sign of good acting. Yeah, it's an astonishing I'd highly recommend that. If you 
if, if you got a bit down on Tom Cruise, watch Tropic Thunder and right. prepare to I, have your jaw drop. You know, it's uh, quite incredible. Take your advice out because I've never really rated him as an actor. I think he's there to look pretty, and that's about mm. it. Um, it. And it's especially more... after War of the Worlds, which was just fucking appalling. Absolutely, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on all that. But Tropic Thunder, it's pretty much a cameo role, but it is so good. He's right. the best thing in it. Okay, um, in, the, in the same way that, that <laughs> yeah. Um, I also think that. The way we view um, extraterrestrials, I mean, there's, we talk about the way they view us, but possibly the way we view them is, you know, we project, we, ba- we make our own assumptions and we, we view them based on the knowledge that we have. Um, so, yeah, we are inclined to think of them as, as possibly hostile, possibly uh, come to invade us because that's what we would do. Um, and, and in the same way, in, in ages past we would have seen them as fairies or hobgoblins or angels um, because that would be the understanding at the time. Absolutely. But no, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head um, very much because it's very much human nature. You know, I, I get, I see people getting aggressive with like when I go on Twitter, um, one of my, something i shouldn't do really but mm. yeah i go on twitter and like i'll make comments about covid still being around and people get ever so angry with me and, mm. and you know and it's like but you're treating me like i'm like i'm the bad guy like i'm you know uh I don't know. anyway yeah I'm, I'm, I'm off on a tangent but yes people will treat others the way they would act towards them themselves mm. is what i'm driving at but to end on a positive message, one corollary, well, conclusion I've drawn from this idea that we are insubstantial, we are energy vibrating at a certain frequency, that time isn't linear, that it's all, it's, that's just our experience, is that, is that we never die. There's no such thing as death because we're just imagining ourselves. Well, we know that, I mean, there's our physical bodies, there's our physical brains, um, we know that what actually makes the brain work is um, electricity flowing through mm. the brain, possibly some other energies that we aren't aware mm. of yet, but electricity is the one that we can definitely. And and we know that at the point of death, there is an electrical discharge from the body. Mm. We know that. Was it 11 grams or something of, of weight you lose when you die? Okay, that I didn't know, but... Um, Electricity doesn't weigh anything, so I'm not sure. But ultimately, that's all we're made of. We're made of atoms, which are largely empty space and just Mm. energy. Yeah. Very little little actual matter. But yes, where where does that electrical discharge go? Do we just experience our lives again in maybe a different version of it? Or do we... Whatever. Well, I personally don't believe in an afterlife. I I think this is it. I think this is our Mm. one shot um, to A, be happy, and B, um, to make others around us uh, happy and to make the world a better place. So Mm. make the most of it, listeners. That's what I say. Anyway, in fact, we've hit that time when I'm going to ask you, listeners. So, in fact, no, I'll ask you. Do you know what? I don't need to ask you because you said right at the very beginning, yes. These yes. UFOs, I, and I stand by that. You haven't, you haven't changed my mind on that. No, absolutely, and, and it, not what I want to. Um, I mean, mm. I'm, I'm open to the idea that they might be. I, 
I have I have a lot of questions. I, I look at so people experience different types of extraterrestrial. If it was just one type of extraterrestrial and that mm. was it, um, I'd be more open to the idea. I'm I'm open to the idea that that's an explanation of perhaps some UFOs. Mm. Um, but I think there are others as well, and I wouldn't rule out extraterrestrial visitation uh, personally. That that some civilized distant civilizations have worked out how to actually travel a, a physical distance of yeah. billions of light years. Yeah, maybe time travel's involved in that. Hmm. Maybe that's part and parcel yeah. of the equation of how to travel these massive distances is not only do you like fling your ship at, at the speed of light or beyond the speed of light, but you also go back in time mm. so the journey doesn't take as long. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Mm. Um, uh, well, we don't. Yeah, the aliens <laughs> do. Yeah, they, they know. Do but they're not telling us quite yeah. yet. Um, but what do you think, listeners, is Michelle's question? And thank you. Thank you so much for the question, Michelle. Um, it's been one I've been really keen to talk about for some time. Um, sorry it's taken so long for us to get around to it. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, um, what do you think, listeners? Are UFOs, extraterrestrials, are they us from the future come back to study us? Or um, or are they absolutely definitely from other planets? Uh, do let us know what you think via the usual means. You can email us, aliensexplored at gmail.com. You can contact us through Facebook or Twitter by searching Aliens Explored. And, of course, all the links are in the description. And uh, if you are one of our Patreon members you get to access our exclusive patreon discord server where you can you can speculate with the best of them uh, mm. out there and give your opinions and theories on there we would love to hear however you contact us we'd love to hear from you join us next time though when speaking about going back in time neil um mm. we're going to be revisiting something we discussed in our second episode our sec way wow. back in 31st of July 2020 is when we uh, launched the podcast our second episode we discussed the phoenix lights and we're going to be revisiting that particularly from the point of view of governor simmington and his mm. involvement so you don't want to miss that one in the meantime Keep watching those time dilation effects and keep watching your set now. And of course, keep watching the skies. And keep watching your perception as well. Yes. Catch you next time. And don't keep watching that part because it will never <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye bye. Aliens Explored is a Fiegel Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit aliensexplored.com. <laughs>